This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it is Rebecca and Tara, and we are here with book chat number nine, because you know... I love to have things organized and numbered. <laughs> so how are you today, Tara? I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little tired. Last night we had a couple thunderstorms roll through the area, and I have a golden retriever who does not like thunderstorms. So as a result, I'm a little short on sleep. So if I sound a little um, discombobulated, that's what we're going to blame it on. Yeah. If words, yeah. If words aren't flowing well for me, you know why. <laughs> yeah. My dog that passed last year, he was the same way. He was just a little guy. But yeah, I just I just feel everybody's pain who has a dog or a yeah. cat or any kind of pet that just really suffers with anxiety when there's storms or fireworks. I mean, it's just such a horrible thing as a yeah. parent. It is. It is. But aside from that, I'm doing great. How about you? Good. Everything's good here. Uh, I, gosh, I didn't even stop to think about how my day has been. Oh, it was beautiful. I have to say it was cooler temperatures. I went out for my walk Mm -hmm. and the sky was big puffy white clouds and these, this beautiful blue color in the sky that was just like, just raised my spirits, a beautiful sun kind of poking through. It was just gorgeous. So yeah, yeah, it was a it was a great day today. and uh, But what are you reading? That's really what I want to know. <laughs> okay, so I just started today a new book. So I'm actually, I've only read like five pages. So I will hopefully dig into it a little more after this when we're finished recording. And it is called A Real Somebody by Darian, D-E-R-Y-N. So I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I, I tried to Google it, but I couldn't get like a pronunciation thing. Collier, C-O-L-L-I-E-R. And this is just a newly published book, I think like two or three days ago, around the 11th, July 11th. Hmm. Yeah. And it's a post-war historical novel set in Montreal, 1947. And I have to say, for only like just jumping into it, I am already invested in it. Like it's, I know, I think it's going to be super fun. So the main character, June Grant, has joined a steno pool in an advertising firm in order to help support her family in post-war. And it charts, I'm going to take this from the description, charts the journey of June, a talented young writer who dares to break conventions of her time. And it's based on the true story of the author's aunt, which is, I think, very cool. Is this one of your uh, Eden Mills author writer's festival books? I feel like it might be. No, no, okay. Yeah, no, she's actually from, I believe, BC, so on oh. the other coast. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like it's a, right away, the June character is in her little stenography pool and is in her head. She is waiting for the man who her parents think would be a good match for her to ask her out on a date. And she doesn't know if that's something she wants or she doesn't want. And that's. Hmm. setting it up yeah now was this a library book or was this on your shelf this was an arc sent to me by the author recently nice yeah so I follow her on Instagram and I reached out and we messaged a little bit and she sent me the arc 
Wow, so nice. I'm, yeah, enjoying it. What about you? Well, I'm actually reaching, uh, reaching. I'm actually <laughs> <laughs> reading one that I think you also received from an author or, or the author reached out to you. And then you told me about the book and I said, oh, I do think I want to read this. And I am currently reading Wise Little One mm. by Jana Wilson. And it, it, oh, and I should say the subtitle is Learning to Love and Listen to My Inner Child. And it is a memoir of Jana's life and growing up with just a really toxic, uh, violent childhood. Parents were very dysfunctional and she sort of goes and traces back the dysfunction in her family. But I have to tell you, I am loving it. Oh, I mean, good. Yeah. I, I'm so, I mean, it's painful to read. And I will yep. say this is a book. This is probably the first book. Yeah. That I would really hardcore say trigger warnings. Yeah. Like trigger warnings for me, I, I often read things and it, it for me, it doesn't really, I don't get triggered easily, I think. But this one, and I, so, and I, so it's hard for me to judge how, what will trigger others because I don't, as a reader, I don't necessarily get triggered that much. Mm -hmm. But this one, I thought I could see readers who may have had her experiences it really hitting them hard. So yeah. I would just say, but it's really beautifully written. I'm I'm just about maybe about 80 pages left in the book. So I'm a little oh, more wow. than halfway through and I'm really enjoying it. So thank you for talking about that book to me because yeah. then uh, I wanted to read it. So yeah, yeah thank I'm, you. I'm really glad that it's working out for you actually. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So July is Disability Pride Month. And it honors the history, achievements, experiences, and struggles of the disability community. And they uh, celebrate in July because it marks the anniversary of the American with Disabilities, Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990, which was landmark legislation that broke down barriers for people with disabilities. So Tara had this great idea because we kind of looked over what we had read and we didn't have, I think, any books that truly represented people with disabilities. So we thought, or she suggested that we talk about maybe a title or two of books that we wanted to read to celebrate this month. So do you want to go first with yours? Sure. So my first pick is one that's been on my radar for a couple of years. I can't remember the exact year that it was published, mm -hmm. but it's The Centaur's Wife by Amanda LeDuc. And Amanda is a local uh, author to me. She's from Hamilton. And I believe this might be her first work of fiction. I have read, I'm going to quickly look it up. I wish I'd looked that up before. My apologies. I know which one you're talking about. Yes. I, I want to read this one. Yes. So I've read her nonfiction book and really enjoyed it. And that one was about, about fairy tales, right? Fairy tales and yeah. dystopian. Uh, not dystopian, sorry, that's not the correct word. Here it is, disfigured. Sorry, I got my DIS words mixed up there. <laughs> uh, lack of sleep, there we go. Yep. Uh, disfigured on fairy tales, disability, and making space. So I've read that and really enjoyed that book. So this is her non or fiction book that came out. And it is a fable whose main character, Heather, her legs were damaged at birth, and as a child, her father took her to the local mountain that looms over their city in a quest to heal her legs. 
While there, a resulting a tragedy happens that shapes her life, bringing her great sorrows and an undying connection to the deep magic of the mountain. As an adult, when Heather and her family are some of the few survivors of a meteor shower, she is torn by her knowledge that comes from her connection to the mountain and what she knows is going to happen to humanity. And I just Ooh. think that sounds really, yeah. really good. I don't know why I haven't read it. Like I said, it's been on my radar since it was published. And I think it's time to get around to it. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one sounds good. Yeah. And Disfigured, it's so funny when it was first published, it was on my list and it's been sitting there. So I need to read that yeah. one as well because I know others have read it and absolutely loved it. So, And it, it will dovetail nicely with uh, I'm going to be reading the Grim Fairy Tales uh, yes. next year specifically as a challenge. And uh, that'll go really well hand in hand, I think. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. love a little themed reading. I really do. Yeah. When it happens just like uh, without plan, mm-hmm. you know, what? oh my gosh. Um, not sporadically, spontaneously. spontaneously Sorry. Yeah. Wow, the r- words are really difficult for me today. I just love that when it happens. It's like it was yeah. meant to be. Cool. What's well, your first pick? Yeah, my book is, and this has been on my Goodreads list. And as we talked about recently, I just went through and kind of weeded out my list. And this one made the cut because this one I really am excited to read. But it's called Sitting Pretty, The View from My Ordinary Resilient Disabled Body by Rebecca mm-hmm. Tossig. And I'm going to read just a little brief part from Goodreads, but it says a memoir in essays from disability advocate and creator of the Instagram account, Sitting Pretty. Uh, Rebecca, growing up as a paralyzed girl during the 90s and early 2000s, she saw disability depicted as something monstrous, like Hunchback of Notre Dame, inspirational, like Helen Keller, or angelic, like Forrest Gump. As she got older, she longed for more stories that allowed disability to be complex and ordinary uncomfortable and fine, painful and fulfilling. It says, Rebecca reflects on everything from the complications of kindness and charity, living both independently and dependently, experiencing intimacy and how the pervasiveness of ableism in our everyday media directly translates to everyday life. Hmm. Yeah. And I think I really am looking forward to reading reading this Uh, years ago, gosh, 25 years ago now. I met a woman in a wheelchair with a service dog and she became, she and her husband became really, really close friends of mine. And my ex-husband and I, uh, he was, well, he wasn't ex at the time, but anyway, we raised (laughs) three service dogs for canine companions for independence. And one of our pups graduated and lived with a young man who had muscular dystrophy until her death at 16. I mean, I can't believe she, what a, what a great companion she was to him for all those years. And then the other two dogs uh, became, they flunked the program, so they became our family dogs. <laughs> but just knowing Nancy and ta- and one of the things she would do is go and talk to groups. That's how we met her officially. And just talk about what it was like to be in a wheelchair and how people wouldn't make eye contact with her. But as soon as she had a service dog, now all of a sudden she was everybody's favorite person and people would interact with her more. And so I really think this book, a younger woman kind of talking about this, Mm -hmm. and I'm just curious how things, have they changed? Have things gotten better? But it made me really 
when she when it says here the pervasiveness of ableism in our everyday media and i think to myself yeah because those of us who are able bodied i don't think we often consider the challenges that people face who you know are in wheelchairs or or have mental health issues or whatever their mm-hmm. disability might be whether we can yeah. see it or not see it you know yeah so i'm really looking forward to reading that yeah it sounds really good i look forward to hearing it back from you yeah what else okay. do you have do you have another I'm one gonna, i do i have one more that i'm going to throw at you that i've actually already read so this evening before we record it, I was talking to uh, my son, Quinn, who is 17, and he asked what we were going to be discussing tonight. Mm. And I told him, I know, eh? it's, it's so sweet. I love and that. I told him <laughs> that we were doing like a regular little book chat and that we were also going to be talking about uh, books for Disability Pride Month. And he was like, oh, well, I have a book for you. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Wow. Let's hear it. I know. It was just like, boom. And he and I had read this uh, when, well, quite a few years ago, because it was published in 2012. And it is Wonder by R.J. Palacio. Have you heard of this one? Oh, yeah. yeah. I never read it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's beautiful. And I'm like, I don't, Quinn, I'm like, that was a great suggestion. And it's a beautiful book. Uh, I believe like children middle school age is what it it's put under but I can't see anyone that wouldn't enjoy this book yeah. about Augie who is born with a facial disfigurement and it's uh, really he is until oh about the age of I 10 or 11 quite quite old before he can go back or can go into enter into the regular school system mm-hmm. and it's what he faces once he enters into that school system and how he uh, handles it and his family. And it's a beautiful story. You know, thank you. I mean, tell Quinn, thank you from Mm -hmm. me as well, because that book, uh, when I was a youth librarian, I don't know, what year was that published? Did you say? I think it was 2012. Yes. 2012. Yeah. That would have been at the time. Yeah. That I was still work. uh, I wasn't a manager yet, but I was still a working librarian. And I remember how popular that title was, but I think it's a great one. And I know a lot of adults who read it as well. So I would say, yes, it was kind of written for that middle grade age, maybe, but boy, I'll tell you, everybody who's read it, I know it just has just gotten, well, it got great reviews and lots of people read it of all ages. So yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Addition. Thank you. Thank you, Quinn. Yes. Thank you, Quinn. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So now we are on to our what have we read recently, most recently, since the last time we chatted? So I'll let you go first uh, okay. with what you have read. Okay, I'm going to start off strong with a book by one of my now favorite authors. And this is the only book of theirs that I've read, mm-hmm. but like hardcore <laughs> favorite author. And that is Tomboy Survival Guide yeah. by Ivan Coyote. Oh, man, how much did I love this book? So it was published in 2016. You, I think, previously b- brought another of their books to the podcast, correct? Yeah, right? yeah. it's uh, K- Care Of, In Care yes. Of, or Care Of, yeah. Yes, which I now have sitting on my stack waiting for me. But I, again, this one had been on my radar. I finally picked it up, and I'll read a little bit, a little description of it for you. So Tomboy Survival Guide is a collection of stories from Coyote's tomboy childhood in the Yukon 
through their life as a gender box-defying adult. Coyote is a storyteller who writes with warmth, humor, honesty, and kindness. And I know that uh, that may seem like a weird, a strange word to use for someone's writing, but honestly, if one can exude kindness through their writing, it's Coyote. Like they're, it's so beautiful. They seem like such a warm, caring person. Yeah. So if anyone can exude kindness through their writing, it's Coyote. And if there is one book that I would want everyone to read, it's Tomboy Survival Guide. I loved this book so much. Yeah, I totally agree. And so when I started to say, it just threw me because, uh, yeah, I want to talk about their other book that I read, which is, I know, Care (laughs) of, and then the subtitle is Letters, Connections, and Cures. And they, during COVID, they had time to sit down and actually go over all the letters that had been written to them over the last little bit and some letters even going back a little ways. And what they did was respond to the letters. Now, some of, some of them, they had already responded to the individual and, but they wanted to expand. Hmm. And I mean to tell you those letters, the minute you start reading that book, it is just absolutely captivating. It pulls you in. You, and I agree with you. They, they are so warm And I think for me, I was reading it really feeling like this is why representation matters. They go out on the road, they do their show, people write them letters, they respond, and this is what people need. They need them to be out there doing what they do because the letters are so heartfelt and they... They will just grab your heart and squeeze it. I'm not kidding you. It's just incredible. I would love to give a shout out to Justine, who is one of our followers on our YouTube channel. Although our YouTube is, at this point, it's just our audio, but that's where they listen from. And so Justine is the one that recommended Care Of and Ivan Coyote to me or to us through that uh, a comment that she made. And boy, let me tell you, Justine, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. I am going to be following them now forever. And and I would love to see them in person. I don't oh, know. I, I don't know if they ever come to the U.S. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know they've said that before. But anyway, I, I 100% want to see them live. So Justine, thank you. Giving you a shout out for a great title. And this was a, in response to the podcast we did about our Pride Month titles. So Justine gave us that recommendation. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. And so then I, maybe you hadn't already brought that book to the podcast. I just got mixed up with our regular side of the podcast chat, maybe. Yeah. I melded the two worlds. Well, it's so funny because I thought I had talked about it. And then all of a sudden I remembered, literally, I just remembered that, oh, I wanted to give that shout out to Justine. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, I guess I didn't talk about it because I don't remember doing that, right? That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Because maybe you're sleep deprived, but I'm like memory deprived sometimes. So no, you're right. I think it's just that you and I chatted about it offline. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do remember you saying after the podcast went up that you had had these recommendations and I'm like, I've been meaning to read that author too. Yeah. We have like a little Ivan Coyote super fan club going on. Yeah, totally. hundred percent. Absolutely. So, 
Okay, so let's see. So you're next. Yes. Okay. So book number two, I'm bringing another nonfiction book this month. Wow. And it, I know. <laughs> it is. And again, this is another one. It's going to be one of my favorite books so far this year. And it is Message in a Bottle, Ocean Dispatches from a Seabird Biologist by Holly Hogan. So Holly Hogan is a seabird biologist from Newfoundland. And throughout her career, she has seen the direct effect that plastics have on our ocean and its wildlife. Wildlife, Through clear, accessible writing, Hogan illustrates how everything, so the ocean currents, the sea temperatures, food webs, icebergs, how everything is linked and how microplastics that we can't even see have the potential to throw the whole system off kilter. Now, that makes it sound like it would be a dire book, and it is a little bit. It, it really um, brings to light how extensive our use and existence of plastic is in the world. Yeah. But she also leaves you with a profound sense of hope at the end of the book. Uh, this is a little quote. People are the problem, but, and here's the clincher, people are also the solution because she then gives us some examples of what people, are, research scientists, environmentalists, are doing to help with the problem. And you can't help but feel hopeful at the end. So it's a great book. Perhaps, though, my favorite part, in addition to all the science, which I just loved, she also brings you along. She's been on so many of these research cruises uh, to different parts of the world, including Antarctica, she brings you along. You feel like, I felt like I was standing on the ship's deck beside her, binoculars wow. around my neck, watching the seabirds, the whales. Like it was, it's a beautiful book. Wow. It's, yeah. I just, I truly loved it. It's, I want her to write more. So yeah. I know she's a biologist, but she's got to write more. Dang. That sounds, yeah, um, that one I'm, I I don't know that would I think that one be, would be hard for me because climate change stuff and all the things we're doing to the environment that's yeah. really hard for me I mean really hard mm -hmm. but I appreciate I loved your review and I love when you said about being on deck and with your binoculars I love that that's beautiful yeah. well it has made me it's probably driving my husband crazy <laughs> because all of a sudden I'm like all the plastic and I'm just I am doing everything I can to reduce my plastic usage however yeah. I can. And it's not enough. It's I realize how much plastic we use just randomly, just throughout our day without even thinking about it. Yeah. And it does scare me. It really does. But I'm uh, I'm determined to use less. So. Yeah. Yeah, when I retired, that was one of the things I said that I was really going to focus on less plastic use. Mm -hmm. And I have, in some areas, I have absolutely done, I think, a good job. Like, I don't yep. use bottle, you know, like soap, liquid soap in those plastic bottles. I don't do that. Or laundry detergent, I don't do that anymore. Yep. And then there are some areas where I think, okay, you aren't making any progress. You need to do a better job. So, yeah, yeah I totally understand. And it does feel overwhelming. But, you know, it's got to be, I pray that every little bit helps. You know, I do, too. Okay. So I just want to throw out this really quick. I'll say this quick and then I'll go into my next title. But I did finish braiding sweetgrass finally. I, it took me months and months and months to read it. However, shout out to Trish of Trish Talks Books who 
told us on our last podcast, mentioned on the last podcast mm. that she listened to it in audio. I did the same thing every day when I went on my walk. I listened to it, loved it. And then I just went to, I was in Guelph this past weekend to go to the Donkey Sanctuary in um, of Canada. And I was able to listen to the rest of it on my trip back and forth uh, to that trip. So that was actually really nice. cool. Yeah. So just wanted to get, you know, kind of close that chapter, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, the book I want to talk about next is Open Throat. So this was one that we, I mentioned mm-hmm. when we talked about our Pride Month titles. And I said, doesn't this sound wonderful? And we both agreed. I loved it. So Open Throat by Henry Hoke. It says, uh, this is just from the Goodreads website. A queer and dangerously hungry mountain lion lives in the drought-devastated land under the Hollywood sign. Lonely and fascinated by humanity's foibles, the lion spends their days protecting the welfare of a nearby homeless encampment, observing obnoxious hikers complain about their trauma and in quiet moments, grappling with the complexities of their gender identity, memories of a vicious father, and the indignities of sentience. Mm. Quote, I have so much language in my brain our lion says, and nowhere to put it, unquote. And it's a very quick read. It's not that long. You could, you could read it in a day. It is so beautiful. I got to the end of the book. I'm not giving anything away. Don't worry. No spoilers here, but you get to the end of the book and then you realize the author wrote it sort of as a tribute to, I think it was P-22, a mountain lion that lived in the, in the same area for about 12 years, they think. And he, dedicates the book to him. Uh, And he then crafted this story of this queer mountain lion. And it's just so beautiful. I, you know, I always fall in love with these um, non-human characters (laughs) because I love the Frankenstein monster too, by the way. Anyway, I (laughs) loved the lion. They were so fabulous and their story is beautiful and tragic and wonderful and everything. So I highly, highly recommend Open Throat. That's a good title too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Book three, not nonfiction. So I'm bringing fiction. I'm bringing literary horror (laughs) to the podcast this week with Bad Cree by Jessica Johns. I want to read this app just because of you. I want to read it, but go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) So this I'm yeah. Literary horror that it, gave me the chills, the creeps, but at the same time, or not at the same time, but later on brings a tear to my eye near the, like, uh, that, what horror book does that? Oh my gosh. Like, wow. I loved it. Okay. I put a little description of the story here. So Mackenzie, a Cree millennial is having dreams from which she wakes up in her Vancouver apartment, having returned with an object such as a tree branch from her dream world. The broad, the object then disappears and she's left wondering what is going on. Increasingly, these dreams become similar to real past events that have happened in the not so distant past with her sister and co- with her sisters, one of whom is now dead and her cousin. Mm. When she receives a text message from her dead sister, Mackenzie returns home to Treaty 8 land to basically find out what the hell is going on. On, And that's all I'm going to tell you because I don't want to put any spoilers out. I just want you to, that's, that's essentially all I knew about the book going into it. And it's just, it's a ride. I loved it. Beautiful, 
cast of like fierce female characters uh, covering three generations of a family. I found it really interesting. There are a couple of male characters, one, maybe two at most. There weren't very many. And they're all background characters. Like Mackenzie's father is there, but he's in the background. Mm -hmm. It's all about the female characters. And there's a non-binary character. It's just all, it's their story and what's going on. And I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, I definitely want to read that. I, you know, I read the one Stephen Graham Jones book and I thought, I think I can handle some horror. Yeah. I think I can. So I definitely want to uh, to try that. So this one does a little warning. It does have some uh, graphic scenes, mm-hmm. like a little, little gory, a little bloody, but not terrible. Not, not as bad as Stephen Graham Jones, I don't believe. Okay. And the creepiness is just like a good level of creepiness. Excellent choice. Yeah. Okay. So I actually, I just realized now I have one other book I want to talk about after I talk about this one. So if you have anything extra you want to add, feel free to add. So, because we're going to just go for for the whole hog today. But I just read uh, yesterday May's book, all one word, May's book, Jeff Mm -hmm. by Jeff Lemire, who is a graphic novelist. And he wrote Essex County, which I own because I love Essex County so much. Plus they made a movie out of it or a TV series that I watched, which was so beautiful. And I do think they stuck really, because it's been a while since I've read read, uh, Essex County. So I believe they stuck really close to the, because I think he was one of the writers for the TV series. But anyway, so he's written a new one. Well, it came out in June of, of last year, 22. And it says, a lonely building inspector still grieving the loss of his puzzle-loving daughter receives a mysterious phone call one night from a girl claiming it's her and that she's trapped in the middle of a labyrinth. Convinced that his child is contacting him from beyond this world, he uses an unfinished maze from one of her journals and a map of the city to trace an intricate path through a different plane of reality on an intense and melancholy adventure to bring his daughter back home. Now... I think that the description is really compelling. I will say I loved the book, but if you look at the reviews, there are people who just absolutely don't care for it and people who really love it. So I would say I loved it. I love Jeff Lemire. I love his, even though people say his illustrations are not that good, that he's not like over the course of his career, he hasn't really changed or or improved. Mm-hmm. I actually like his illustrations, so they can just, you know, stuff it. <laughs> really, exactly. I'm not kidding. I feel like, <laughs> you know what? He's an amazing talent, and I love the story. And one of the things, if you read the description in the back, because I always love to know what prompts an author to do what they do or an illustrator as he is, a novelist, graphic novelist. I loved why he did what he did. And Toronto plays a... Toronto is like a character in this story, mm-hmm. which I loved. Me too. Oh, and Me so too. oh, you will. So you will love it, and you yeah. can read it. It's a. It's actually not that long. You can read it in a day. Uh, so I just want to recommend it. I loved it. I love Jeff Lemire. So okay. there you go. Do you have another one you want to add before I add uh, my last? No, one? you go ahead. Okay. So recently, uh, Teach Media on Instagram reached out to me and asked if I wanted to read this book called No Reason to Apologize, The Resilient Legacy of Viola Desmond. And I, as an American, I have to say, I did not know who Viola Desmond 
was, but she's kind of, I think, sort of labeled as the Rosa Parks of Canada. Well, anyway, it was a graphic novel, and I thought it was really beautifully done. Tells her story about basically she goes to a movie theater and is told not that she can't sit in that section. And she says, but I can't, you know, I, I paid for my ticket and I should be able to sit here, et cetera. And it kind of goes through her life. I actually don't want to go into the, if you don't know her life story, I recommend reading this book or looking her up online as well, because I found out some things that I was like, what? Oh, kind of broke my heart, you know? And so I, but I think this for young readers or even myself as an older reader, I, I really enjoyed this. And one of the things I loved about it that I believe has to have been a choice that the author made specifically was when she is told she can't sit there, that scene is replayed, I think, three or four times in the book. And the first time it, or the second time it showed up, I was like, wait a minute, we've already been here, been there, done Mm -hmm. that, right? But then it showed up again and again. And I thought, you know, for young readers to get that message, not just once, but to really understand how she was treated and it was repeated a few times really locks that message in, in different yeah. ways because the story, it comes from different, uh, sort of a slightly different direction, but they repeat it. And I thought the author was really smart in doing that. So anyway, I really enjoyed the book. I uh, haven't reviewed it yet on Instagram. I will be doing that shortly, but what they did when they, uh, asked if I wanted to read this book specifically, then they said they would like to offer our listeners a 20% discount if you, and we'll put all this information on our, in the show notes, but they'll offer a 20% discount for the, using the discount code canlit20, and it will be active for a month. So as soon as you hear this, you have a month to go and look at their catalog. And I have to say that, and they, obviously it's for uh, students, uh, student age. There were a couple of titles that I'm really excited to purchase myself. And uh, cause whenever somebody gives me a book, I often like to buy their like a second book or something uh, because I want to support authors uh, mm-hmm. as well. But anyway, so thank you to teach media for reaching out to us, but we will put all this in the show notes and you can get a 20% uh, discount on their catalog. Uh, which uh, is a good deal. I think it's really, it's yeah. so it's wonderful for our listeners. Yeah. What was so, that coupon code again? It's CANLIT20. So C-A-N-L-I-T-T-T, T-T, two zero. <laughs> I do the same I, I have thing. No, I have no excuse. I, I, I got plenty of sleep last night. I have no I excuse. I know, but I do that all the time with T's and twos, N's and nines. I get those mixed oh, up all the time. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah, so funny. So. You're not alone. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> anyway, well, we've had a lot. We've had a ton of books to discuss yeah, today. So yeah, that's this is good. good books. Yeah. And let's see. Oh, and then Tara is going to go on vacation. I am. So we will have a guest. I will have a guest, I should say. I will have a guest. Uh, our good friend Sarah is going to be with us on the next podcast. And I think we have something special we're going to chat about, but I mm-hmm. can't remember offhand what it is. But I can't we'll be wait. Doing that. I'm looking forward yeah. to like going back and listening now as like a listener. Yeah. I came to the podcast in the first place. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. And so we will, uh, Tara and I will be back in August, but uh, I'll be back in the, uh, towards the end of July. So 
Thank you so much. Yeah, and we'll see, I will see you in August and happy reading. Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading.